Hello and welcome to Changing Birth. I'm your host, Hannah Wilsmore. I'm a midwife, award-winning childbirth educator and life coach, and I'm here to make birth better. I've worked with hundreds of families as they prepare for the arrival of their baby, so I know all about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. In this podcast, I share my knowledge, practical tips and insights so that you too can have a positive birth and transition to motherhood. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today's episode is for those of you who are planning a baby, so maybe you're in the preconception phase or you might be currently trying for a baby. If so, this is such an exciting time and I really wish you all the best on your journey. Today, I'm going to be sharing five things that you can do now to help support your body when you are currently trying to conceive, so before you're actually pregnant. And this is important because I think sometimes we think some of the decisions can only be made once we are actually pregnant, but there's so much researching and building knowledge and exploring options and really learning about how to support our body that we can do in the preconception period. And I really love supporting my clients in their preconception journey because, yeah, there's just so much uh, so many options and, and time available to research things and to look into different care provider options and all of that kind of thing. So it's a time that I really love supporting clients with. It can also be quite a challenging time too, when you're trying for a baby, because you're, you know, you're on that precipice of knowing that, um, everything's about to change and you're, you're going to be stepping into this path to becoming parents, but you're still in that limbo a little bit. You're still at that, the very start of that journey. So having some dedicated tips, I think, could be really helpful for this time and really taking a proactive approach around what we can control during the preconception period. If you've worked with me before, you'll know that I talk a lot about focusing on what is in our control and what isn't. And so that's what I'm going to be focusing on today is five things that you can do in the preconception period to support your body and your baby. Before we jump in, you can probably maybe tell by the tone of my voice that I am very excited because today my new preconception of first trimester course is launched into the world, which is so exciting. I've been working on this course for months or really even years since I was in my first trimester and I really used a lot of the mindset tools that I had and found that so beneficial in that first trimester. But I also had a lot of insider knowledge as a midwife around care provider options. And I knew when I got that positive pregnancy test, I knew exactly what I needed to do, what I needed to do to support my body and my growing baby, and also what care provider option I wanted to go down and what was going to be the best fit for me. But I know a lot of that came down to the knowledge and experience that I had as a midwife. So this course is all about sharing that with those of you who are currently planning a baby or who are in that first trimester, because it's, it's a big time. Like I've said, it's a big time. There's lots of changes. There's lots of things happening quite quickly in your body. Sometimes we can feel um, pretty rubbish, to be honest. And then that can make it even trickier. So the course is a five module course. So it's quite easy to get through. There's about two hours of video content in there across the five modules, as well as some written content and resources as well. And I focus on 
not only around the physical changes in pregnancy and emotional changes and the important lifestyle considerations, things like supplements and foods to avoid and that type of thing, but also how can we actually support our body and especially how can we support our mind through some of these emotional changes that can actually be really challenging. So I chat through some different strategies that we can use, really almost pulling in some of the approaches that we use with hypnobirthing for our mindset around birth, how we can employ that in the first trimester. We go through using affirmations and and you receive an affirmations printer out, which you can either print and put up somewhere where you can see them regularly, or you can actually save it as your phone wallpaper, which can work amazingly as well. And then I take you through how to start to get clear on what type of birth and pregnancy experience you would like, what kind of support you would like, some of the differences in, say, um, public and private care, what low risk and high risk pregnancy means and, and how relevant this may or may not be to your situation. Really looking at some of the statistics around interventions in different care provider options. And so I chat through quite a lot of the different stats and the numbers around that. So those of you that are into those kind of um, numbers and the facts. I think you'll find that section really helpful. And then I step through each of the maternity care provider options that you have in Australia, the pros and cons of each, some of the rough costings and investment with each and considerations. And then I also chat through some of the support options that we have available as well. So you can have a really good knowledge base to then choose the right care provider for you and potentially look at some of those support options as well so that you can feel really well supported. You can have a team surrounding you during your pregnancy and your birth that is on board with the type of birth you want and is really going to help to move you closer to achieving that. I know choosing your care provider may not sound like that big a deal, but it is, in my eyes, the the biggest decision that you will make in the first trimester or preconception, and uh, that's why it's got so much of a focus in this course. So I'm going to get into today's episode, but the link to the new online course is in the show notes. There is a launch special for the next two weeks, so you can check that out and sign up if it is something that interests you. Alrighty, so let's start with one thing that you can do. The first thing you can do if you are planning a baby. So that is to book in and see your GP for some blood tests and some health advice. So this is often going to look at a discussion around your history, any medical conditions that you might have, um, any previous pregnancies, previous births, how that may impact things leading into this journey um, and this this, uh, subsequent pregnancy. You can also chat with them about the options of doing some blood tests, which I would really recommend. It's going to differ depending on your circumstances, but it can have a really, it can be, you know, a great idea to have a good baseline and to know um, things like what, what your hemoglobin is and what your iron stores are looking like. And also things like your immunity to rubella and things like that. Uh, there's quite a lot of things that we can look at and even some additional tests that we can run depending on your, your circumstance. Things like if you've had a history of thyroid issues, you know, we want to know what your thyroid is doing. Um, before conceiving. So uh, yeah, it's often going to involve a blood test, um, which can be really helpful. That can also guide you with taking supplements as well, which is the next point that I'm going to talk about because it can depend on what we are deficient in in the first place. Now, you can also have a discussion with your care provider around any medications that you might currently be taking and whether they're safe in pregnancy or not, so that you can discuss alternative options with them, uh, with your GP, if it's not something that would be recommended in pregnancy. So please don't stop any medications um, without first talking to your doctor or your midwife, but it is something that's worth 
chatting with them about in that preconception period. For a lot of my clients, they are going to go see a GP for this session and that can work quite well, especially if they've got a GP that they have a good relationship with um, and they feel like they can get really good support. But also don't forget that a private midwife can also provide preconception support. And there's hundreds of private midwives working across Australia uh, that you can book a preconception appointment with to get some of that advice and some of that support um, as well. So for those of you that are thinking, oh, I don't really have a GP that I gel with or that I feel comfortable with, then you could definitely look at booking with a, with a private midwife like myself for that preconception appointment. So number two is commencing some supplements. Again, I'm not going to give specific advice in this episode around what supplements you need to take, what dosage you need to take, because that really depends on your baseline level. So we're talking about with those blood tests, but also your history as well. So something that is generally recommended for everyone in pregnancy is to take a folic acid supplement. We know that folic acid can reduce the risk of baby having a neural tube defect such as spina bifida Um, and a neural tube defect for those of you that haven't heard that term before is when a baby's spinal cord uh, doesn't form normally so folic acid supplementation can be helpful in reducing this Uh, and the dosage um, can be individual depending on your circumstances so that's why it's good to chat with a care provider but that's something that we would actually recommend taking before conceiving now if you're in the first trimester or you've just found out you're pregnant and you weren't taking that supplement then that's okay. Chat with your chat with your care provider. Start on that supplement ASAP and any others that might be important for your pregnancy. But ideally, we would actually recommend starting those pregnancy supplements ideally around three months before conceiving. Like I said, please don't feel guilty if you have not been taking these supplements for this long. Um, you know, full disclosure for myself, um, we became pregnant, um, you know, much, much quicker than we expected. And so I had not been taking these supplements for three months before. So don't panic if that is you as well. However, if, if possible, we would recommend starting them a couple of months before conceiving. You may also want to consider seeing a naturopath or a nutritionist to look at some of those requirements and really supporting your body um, with some different options, maybe considering things like um, probiotics you might want to look into. Um, We may need to look at vitamin D supplementation as well, especially depending on our um, preconception blood tests and where our vitamin D levels are. And for some people, they're going to need to be looking at an iron supplement as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a misconception that we only need to start those supplements which once we are actually pregnant. So that's why I wanted to have that point in here in these tips. The third thing you can do during preconception is to really understand your cycle to optimize conception. Now, you may already be doing this, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend tracking your cycle. So tracking the first day of your period, how many days it goes for, and then any symptoms that you may get throughout your cycle or throughout the month, particularly around ovulation symptoms. A lot of people that I work with will use an app. There's quite a few different apps that you can use and everyone has different ones that they prefer. But I find for most of my clients using an app to chart is way easier than using a paper-based method. However, if paper is your thing, then go for it. But tracking your cycle can be really, really helpful in understanding when your body actually ovulates. So you're most likely to conceive during five days before ovulation, also along the day of your, of, of when you ovulate. So sperm can live up to five days inside your body. So that's why if we have sex up to five days before an egg is released, that's when you can get pregnant. However, after ovulation, your egg can only live for about 12 to 24 hours. And then after this time is, is done, um, then your chance of getting pregnant is kind of 
zilch until your next cycle. Now, when everyone ovulates is a little bit different. So traditionally we have said, and you know, this is what I was taught at uni is that people ovulate around day 14 of their cycle. So day one is the first day of your period. Your period might go for a couple of days, you know, five, six days or so. Again, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer, but we're counting from that first day of your period as day one. And then roughly day 14 after that is when a lot of people will ovulate. However, everyone is different. Some people ovulate a little bit earlier. Some people ovulate a little bit later. So again, that can vary. And this is why it's actually really helpful to understand ovulation and to start tracking and start noticing some of the symptoms that you might have around ovulation. And I think this is actually so empowering and really understanding our own cycle. I've tracked my cycle for years because I've got endometriosis. I have been, you know, tracking symptoms and tracking different, um, Uh, different things that I was doing to help support my body, whether that was supplements or whether that was um, medications or different things, trying to see what worked. So I've been tracking my cycle for a long time. And I think it's so important to understand when we ovulate for everybody, not just when we're trying for a baby, but I think it's, um, yeah, super helpful. So let's chat about some of the signs of ovulation so you can start maybe looking at some of those things. So probably the most common thing that women would notice or thing that we would look for is changes in cervical mucus. So often the cervical mucus is going to increase around ovulation and it's going to be quite kind of slippery and we often describe it almost like an egg white consistency. And then after ovulation, it tends to go to, tends to reduce in quantity, but go to more of a sort of um, a whitish color or a more cloudy, not that clear egg white kind of consistency. Uh, Or sometimes there's not much discharge at all uh, leading into the next period. So often for people looking for when they get that kind of slippery discharge. Um, it's often quite stretchy. So if you notice it on the toilet paper, you might notice that it looks a little bit kind of, yeah, I guess stretchy is probably not the technical name to describe it, but, um, yeah, it's really got that you know, egg white kind of consistency. So generally we would say that you ovulate on the last day that you notice that. Now, um, again, if we're trying to conceive and we're starting to notice some of those signs of ovulation, then that's when we would be wanting to start, you know, actively trying and and having sex during that time. Um, because like I said, once we have ovulated, we've only, the the egg can only last about 12 to 24 hours past that point, whereas the sperm can last up to five days. So that's why someone might say have sex on day 11 of their cycle, might ovulate on day 15 to 16, Uh, And that's how they can still get pregnant because the sperm can last that period of time. Um, It's it's actually quite incredible, isn't it? How that the sperm can last that amount of time in our body, but that's a whole, whole other discussion. It can take a little bit to get the hang of this too. So don't stress if you, if you have a month where you think, oh gosh, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, like I said, I used to be very clear on when I was ovulating and, um, now that my cycles returned after having my son and, and breastfeeding, um, it's been a little bit different and sometimes it's been a little bit harder to predict my cycles have been a little bit longer. It's not uncommon, um, when you're breastfeeding or when your cycles first come back, but, um, yeah, it's not always easy to take a bit of time to work this out. Um, but if you're planning a baby, understanding when ovulation is happening is helpful. Because again, for some people, they ovulate way later. They might ovulate on day, say day 16 of their cycle, day 17, day 18, day 20 of their cycle, if they have longer cycles. And so their sort of timing around conception is going to be a little bit different. 
Other signs or symptoms that people might notice around ovulation is things like uh, breast soreness or tenderness. For some people, they notice that. Some people get some really quite um, mild pelvic pain. Often it's going to be on one side and that's often what we call ovulation pain. Again, some people get this, some people don't get it at all. Uh, we've talked about discharge changes, um, and also libido changes as well. So some people notice that their libido increases around ovulation. So that's also a common sign that some people notice and, you know, it's kind of helpful when we're, when we're trying to make a baby. So then number four tip that you can be implementing in the preconception period is to start researching your care provider options now. You do not have to wait until you are pregnant. And like I said at the start, I actually find it super beneficial if clients can look into their options in the preconception period so that they know when they get that positive pregnancy test, who they're going to be choosing as their care provider. The reality is that a lot of our really great care providers are really popular. Word of mouth is massive here, particularly, you know, in Adelaide, I'm sure it's very similar in other states, but word of mouth is huge. And some of our care provider options that might be private midwives, it might be obstetricians, it might be um, midwifery group practice programs or caseload programs or different things. Often they can reach capacity really, really early. You know, I've um, sometimes had clients where they they get that positive pregnancy test and then by the time they're sort of seven, eight weeks pregnant and they go to book with an obstetrician or they go to book with a midwife, uh, they might say, oh, I'm already booked with people who are due in your month. So this is where kind of time is of the essence of a little bit. And I don't ever want to put pressure on people, especially if they're in early pregnancy, but this is a really crucial decision. And yes, you're not locked in. You can change care provider options, but a lot of those really women-centered supportive options do book up really, really quickly. Um, I worked with someone the other day and I think she had rung her chosen care provider when she was about six weeks pregnant, maybe six and a half. And the receptionist had said to her, oh, you're the last person we can book for that month. And she was like, what do you mean? Like I've just found out I'm pregnant and I've just rang. So just, just bear that in mind. Now that's why I bang on so much about researching your care provider options. So how do you do this? You could start Googling and seeing what's available in your area where you live. A lot of care provider options are zoned, so it does depend on where you live. So you could start checking that out. You might start chatting with family or friends about what care provider they used and whether they found them helpful. However, I will always say you just don't don't put all your eggs in that basket because what they may actually want for their journey and their birth may be very different to what you want. And that may have been a great care provider for them, but it may not be for you, but you can start to get a little bit of an idea. Uh, of course, you may not be openly telling loads of people or anyone that you're, you're um, planning a baby or trying to conceive. So I get that that may not be an option. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you created the course that I have created is because often we can't get that sort of community support and recommendations that we usually would. You could also look at Facebook groups as well. Um, I know sometimes there's different ones depending on your location and you can check out some of the care provider, you know, just discussions and options and things like that um, in there. So that's one way that you can start. Or of course, you can join my preconception and first trimester course, which will step you through all of your care provider options. And we'll also talk about how to find the information on your local area. And like I mentioned, I really want you to get to the point where when you see those two lines on the positive pregnancy test, or it pops up and it says pregnant, that you know who your care provider is that you're going to choose. And maybe what your backup option would be if for whatever reason they're not available, if they're taking holidays during that time or something. Um, being really confident on that, I think is 
massive and just goes such a long way in affecting not only how you feel during your pregnancy and the support that you receive, but also the support that you receive during your birth and also during the postnatal period. And I know it's really far away. I know when you first, you have that pregnancy test, there's so many other things to consider as well, but this is one of the crucial decisions that you'll make early on. So then tip number five is to join my preconception and first trimester course, because this is specifically designed to support you during this time. There are not a whole lot of resources out there for the preconception and first trimester period. And that is something that I am really passionate about changing because when you first find out that you're pregnant or you're planning a baby, it's huge. It's massive. You know, there's all these different considerations to think about with um, your health and uh, different things that you might want to change with your lifestyle and then researching your care provider options. And we're also often approaching it in quite an isolated perspective because often we haven't told anyone or we haven't told many people that we are newly pregnant or planning a baby. So it's a really tricky time. It's a really tricky time um, for people to navigate. So that is why I have created this course. You can sign up for this course for only $47, which is massive value. I really want this course to be available to as many people as possible. So it's $47, which is the launch pricing, which will be available for the next two weeks. You have 12 months access. So even if you're not currently planning, a baby or maybe you have a baby and you're not quite yet thinking about um, having another yet, but maybe down the track, you might want to check out some of this info. You do have 12 months access. So you're welcome to sign up at the special launch pricing, and then you'll still have access to the course over the next 12 months. This course is designed to step you through everything that you need to know about during the first trimester and a particularly big focus on the different care provider options. As you can tell, that's something I'm really passionate about because I work with so many people that will say to me, oh, I just, I wish I'd, I knew about the different options earlier. So I could have accessed one of them before they booked out and before they reached capacity. Or they'll say, I didn't even know that that was an option. I didn't even know that that was a thing um, in Australia. You know, things like um, some of the myths, like uh, things like, you can only have a private midwife if you want to have a home birth. That's not the case at all. You know, you can choose to have care from a private midwife in a hospital and that can be an amazing option. So, um, you know, that's just one little thing that we talk about in the course, but there's, there's such a lack of knowledge in society around care provider options. And that's something that we have massive insider knowledge as a midwife about. And that's something that I'm super excited to share with you. So if you would like to join the preconception of first trimester course at the special launch pricing, I will pop the link in the show notes. Of course, if you have any questions or any feedback as you're working through the course, I would love to hear from you. I always love hearing from people who are working through my online courses because I want to know if you have any questions or how you're finding it or how it's helping you on your journey, because I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to create things that help people. That's really what I am about and improving access to this, this information for people. So that is my five tips to implement if you are planning a baby, if you're in the preconception period, a bit of a short and sharp episode today, but I really wanted it to be helpful, lots of practical tips and things that you can implement and also to let you guys know about the new online course, which has launched. Now, I apologize if you can hear my doggo heavy breathing in the background. He is asleep 
next to me as I record this, he uh, he's an old dog. He's um, about 11. He's a rescue dog, so I'm not entirely sure how old he is, but I think he's about 11 and um, he's had a lot of health challenges in the last week. So we don't know how much longer we will have him with us. So um, he's very comfy laying next to me while I record this and I just don't have the heart in me to move him to another room. So um, um, hopefully that hasn't come through the mic, but if you have heard any of those little breathing noises in the background, that is that is him and he's very content um, sleeping in his bed right now. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Hope you guys all have a wonderful week and I will be back with another episode next week. to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes and if you're enjoying the podcast I would be ever so grateful if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast player see you next week